0: Boy, have we got a treat for you.
1: We've got a really special episode for you guys this week.
0: Last Friday, we were part of a virtual panel for Ice and Fire Con. It was Hannah, myself, and Lady Gwen from Radio Westeros. And it was their Halloween special for the year. And we're releasing it today as a podcast episode because it was a blast. And they said we could. And we loved it.
1: Yeah, it was so much fun. Zach and I were in the same place celebrating Halloween, which is really awesome. And then we called Lady Gwen and we talked for an hour. The title of the panel was A Song of Ice and Fire's Warm Bodies. So we basically talked about zombies in A Song of Ice and Fire. And it was really fun. It was like a little bit more low-key than what we usually do. And we just had a good time talking about some of the different Halloween creepy things in A Song of Ice and Fire.
0: If we're lucky, next year we should be able to... Do the con as normal and hang out with everyone in Mount Sterling, Ohio, at Deer Creek Lodge on April 22nd through 25th for Ice and Fire Con and do this stuff in person. But it was fun to be able to do it digitally for now. But if you right. have any interest in going whatsoever next year, hopefully it happens. You can you can go then. Yeah.
1: And if you want to check out some of their other content, they've done a couple other panels that have already happened you were on one um a couple weeks ago there's a couple more yeah there's a couple more coming up i think in november so you can find those on the ice and fire con youtube channel and you can find the video of this as well if you wanted to see um zach's costume and my glow
0: sticks (laughs) uh ice and dot com is where you can get all that info and thanks to all them for inviting us and letting us be a part of everything for these past few years it's been awesome and we look forward to many more
1: enjoy the panel
0: goodbye
2: all right we are live um thank you guys for joining the uh warm bodies in Aswaf uh virtual panel um i'm tara i am the organizer of ice and fire con i am just here to bring this all together and then I'm going to bow out for the virtual panel itself and just come back in at the end to say goodbye but um thank you again for Lady Gwen from Radio uh Rady Westeros sorry and Hannah and Zach from Game of Thrones for joining us um you guys feel free to introduce yourself and then dive into this topic of the undead and have fun and I'll see you in about an hour all right thank
1: you Thanks, thank Cheryl. you yeah I'm excited to be here
0: Lady Gwen. <laughs> I love
3: the glasses. Yeah, what's
0: going on? What is the what is, what would you call it? You said it was a motley?
3: I don't know. It's just stuff <laughs> that I have. What does
0: George mean when he says motley? You know? Um it's there. like
3: clothes that are, you know, um, like patched together, sewn together. So yeah. The glasses aren't really going to work for very long because I can't see anything. I
0: like the nose look; that's good too. too,
3: We do this. Think I'll just—that was for effect. Now I'm just going to wear my actual glasses (laughs) so I can see (laughs) what's happening. That was a
0: short-lived, like uh, part of your costume, just there. Like it left quickly. Yeah.
3: I mean, if I didn't have to read anything or look at people, you know, they would have lasted a lot longer. But, but, um, but no, we're here to, you know. Talk to each other and everybody else about uh, zombies. Hey, everybody. Um, The the day,
0: the night before Halloween.
3: Yeah. So here we are.
0: I'm really excited for this. I
3: want to have
0: this conversation in general for a long time. So I'm so glad we got to do it with you.
3: Thank you. It's me, too. Very excited for this. And we have a lot of good, uh, you know, we've got some good things to talk about. So. Yeah, there's a, a lot, lot of
0: things to talk
3: about. I feel like there keeps like I keep
1: adding to the list as you I'm like reading through. I was just she, adding she to was where going through
0: done. just now like <laughs> five different details of like underneath five different details about fire whites, like talking about their physical representations. It's like we're going too deep right now. We have to work through this with her <laughs> on the panel. That's the point of the panel. It's what we're going to talk about.
1: There's just so much that we don't know. I mean, so zombies, really? I guess you know when you talk about them in a song of White and fire there's just so many things that we just don't know. And a lot of questions when we talk about like end game type of stuff, and we'll get into people like John coming back to life, Melisandre's role, all these kinds mm-hmm. of things. There's so many questions that we have left open on this topic. So I think it's really interesting because there's not a lot of, there, there's us like reading through a couple of highlights of like important things that have happened in the series so far, but most of mm-hmm. it just leads to a lot of open ended questions. And so when we think about like, others and hard home happening and you know so we'll get into all of that but
0: we will are there any are there any questions that i really love what you just said and that makes me really appreciate the point in the story that we're currently at right now with two books left are there any questions that you feel like could be in that category but now being as far as we are into the series that you've got like solid answers on
3: do we have like, solid answers uh, on 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 anything about <laughs> yeah
0: the undead about <laughs> like,
3: whatever you say now? The Lord of Light
0: down? side uh, yeah. about the the ice side of things, mm. like, like either either way, because we've gotten we've gotten different degrees of answers, like small reveals within these POV chapters of right, like uh, using applying contextual clues from other ones that we've read and gotten direct answers from, things like Lady Stoneheart and then later it's happening mm-hmm. to Vic in the Dance of Dragons and are able to piece all this stuff together. Do you feel like with that being said, with the context, without even going to the sample chapters, but we can talk about them if you want to, do you feel like there's anything that you're like, aha, I kind of clearly see where this is going? Because we can go as far back as all the lore mentioned in Raven Tree and start to fill in the pieces as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, like, where, where are you stand on it? Because we haven't actually talked about this yet. My hood keeps slipping
3: No, I, I feel like <laughs> there's just still so many questions. Like, actually, when we get down to some of the. Um, I just have questions about everything. There's basically three different kinds of zombies, right? There's there's fire, there's ice. And then there's um, Gregor. Right. Robert this Strong. Thing the kybern stuff, which I have questions about all of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want to know how it all works.
1: <laughs> I think that's a good place to start though, because like you said, we've got these fire whites, we got the ice side. Um, and I think we like sort of understand like a little bit of the mechanics of that a little bit. Like we've mm-hmm. got um, some background into different people who are using those type of magic. But when it comes to, um, Qyburn and whatever he's doing with whatever he's doing. He's what just, is as he far doing? As know, right, as far as you know, he's just a normal guy, like, he's just a guy out here, whether it's necromancy or whether it's like some sort of sorcery that he's got going. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't quite yet know what on gregor is but whatever he's doing it doesn't we're not sure if it is it magical is it like science i don't know
3: yeah that's the thing so i i think with the other things the answers we have even if we don't really understand them it's like oh you have fire whites which are created with fire magic or the the right the the ice the others whites are created with ice magic yeah and there's so there's sort of even though we don't really know all the mechanics of it, we, we get the kind of the system that's happening. Gregor, you know, Kyburn he is, he's just, he's kind of like a mad scientist is, you know, Dr. Frankenstein and you know, what is he doing? Is he just stitching pit bits of dead bodies together? Like, how, how does he manage to animate the, the, the dead? Because I I think, I don't know, do you guys think Gregor was literally actually dead and then revived? I mean, that's a good question because
1: there's theories, you know, that like his head was sent to Dorne, so like, Mm -hmm. or his head wasn't sent to Dorne. Yeah. So if he's like this headless guy or if he has (laughs) one or if he just was like severely hurt and um, somehow like coaxed back to life. I mean, I love the idea of the i i love it as we're like thinking about like Clegane Bowl, which this is obviously where the conversation is gonna go with this as we think about that trajectory i love the idea of having this otherworldly thing that mm-hmm. is unfamiliar can't theoretically be defeated and that feels like such a cersei thing to like have by her side as the rest of the world is crumbling i love the thought of it being some sort of like Otherworldly thing, and it's so, different than
0: the two big ones, like this whole third category,
1: yeah. And Kybern being able to bring something back to life like that, yeah. through whatever powers he has, I think would be such an interesting concept just because we don't know a lot about how whatever he's doing works, and so right. it
3: seems a, almost more science which I think, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I was reading like a bit about, about Frankenstein because we're doing a Perfect. stream tomorrow night too on Radio Westeros, and um, oh, so cool. I was reading about all this stuff a lot this week and I read about Frankenstein and his whole thing seems to have been more, you know, it wasn't really black magic or necromancy. It was kind of science. Like he discovered some time, scientific process that allowed him to reanimate the dead. And um, it
0: would be confusing the other people at the time. And it would seem like he was performing some kind of a magic, but it was because yeah. he was doing things on a level that they didn't understand like biologically.
3: Right. But yeah, I mean, I think with that he was interested in sort of like chemistry, and he did all these kind of weird chemical experiments. So you know, is that Kyburn who claims that he knows more about about the nature of death than anyone
0: yeah.
3: at the Citadel? In, in is is he just
0: does hmm? he resurrect? Does he create the the monster using uh, like a charge to the nervous system of dead flesh? Is that what it is? I've actually never read the novel.
3: I. I actually couldn't remember. And what I was reading last night said that it's left sort of vague. Like it talks about all of his experiments, but then how it happens. And if That's there's anybody the else author. out there that <laughs> knows better than that, correct me. But, um, but yeah, it just.
0: Interesting. We don't know of any lightning rod stuff, stuff in King's landing right now with, with Greg or Kyren or anything. And I feel like being in the depths of King's Landing would also not be the best place to be able to channel some of that. But there could be something for that. There could be something.
1: Right. We just right. don't
0: know. I don't know what kind of poison specifically was used on him from and Spear. So I, I really can't say whether or not, like how deep Gregor was taken into his
3: It state sounds like of disrepair it was pretty
0: nasty, though. Venue. I mean... I'm sure it was. Let's say he was completely dead. Let's just go on that train. Is Kyburn really downstairs performing necromancy? For real? Yeah. And what does that mean in the context of a song of ice and fire truly? Because like, what are the creepiest insights into that? Have we really gotten? are we talking about like things we've seen in car?
3: Horrifying stuff. Like he's doing, he's doing experiments with, with all these women. Um, you know, Cersei keeps giving him females to do experiments on. Um, he's, he takes, uh, her mate, there's a couple of puppeteers and eventually, um, what's her name? Um, uh, Felice Stokeworth, and you know we don't really know what he's doing, but it's terrifying. What you know, it's implied that it's pretty horrific. And is that like he's probably
0: sorry? Go on. I don't.
3: Know, I was just gonna say I don't know if it's related to what he's doing with Robert Strong because at all. It creepy that. to me that it would
0: be girls that he's just taking a bunch yes. of ladies down there. He's like, I need yeah. them for my specific experimentation. It's like he mm-hmm. might just understand molecular, like microbiology better than everyone else on some level as far as maesters are concerned. He's just getting a free supply of whatever girls he wants down the, yeah. the basement as well. The basement just sounds like a good way to describe it, even though it's a little bit more specific, a <laughs> little bit more medieval.
3: Yes, That's exactly. So weird. I'm glad we
0: have that dark horse, though, in the series because it seems like on a, on a fantasy level that the Lord of Light stuff and then the way he contextualizes the, let's call it like the White Walker technology, mm-hmm. I really love through the lens of I know that Relor is mentioned from, I believe, the first chapter after the prelude. Uh, what is it? the Not prelude. What is it called?
3: Epilogue. Epilogue,
0: yeah. I feel like he's Lord of Lies mentioned in Daenerys' first chapter, so it's like a, a part of the story, but I think it easily glossed over in some way because it's like, this can't be that important because we have all these characters to worry about. But through the lens of the Lord of Lies, R'hllor, this technology of fire whites, whether or not it's affected or Jon Snow is affected by it, but we know a lot of characters are... I think that's really neat how he worked that in. And then a little bit less, I think, subtle, but still really cool through the White Walkers. But I I think that what's going on with Gregor, if we end up getting like a bigger picture of that through Kyburn or whatever, might end up being the most subtle sort of like multi book explanation, like uh, a blossom of this weird kind of magic or technology within the story versus everything else, which is so interesting. Mm I just don't know how it works you don't have you guys don't have a specific uh you you think it's just what do you think i know that lady gwen said it was probably just healing of some sort what do you think you think it's magic do you think he's actually
1: no I, I like the idea that it's like this healing more like sciencey kind of
0: it's not thing. like chanting and sacrificing those women
1: yeah because it brings like another side of what it means to like uh what's the word? It just it, like, it's another way to manipulate the universe almost. You know what I mean? Except for you're just mm-hmm. using yeah. like science through pra- to practice through like scientific. I know nothing about science, but anyway, but like, so Plant medicine, <laughs> right. Exactly. So Natural I,
0: remedies I, I like
1: the idea that it's like another side of being able to, you know, mm-hmm. manipulate the universe around you, but instead of something magical, um, it's something worldly, which I think like adds I mean, another depth.
3: So, what if, like, listen, I think the Sand Snakes, one of them says that, you know, he, the poison that was used on Gregor, I think it's Manticore Venom, but he had done mm. something to it, thickened it or something.
0: made yeah, It worse. Um, it's already bad enough. Says,
3: it, it was something where, you know, it was altered somehow, maybe with magic or some other process that would draw out the suffering, because I think Manticore Venom on its own is supposed to be just instant death. So whatever it was, well, let's say that it's somehow polluted his blood because Kyburn at one point tells Cersei that his blood is turned black and, you know, thick and kind of, oh, very, something weird is going on with his blood. His blood has been poisoned basically. Maybe it's something as simple as what he, what he needs these women for is he's like doing a blood transfusion. Right. 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 Sucking all their blood out yeah. and taking the bad blood out of, out of gregor and giving him all this fresh new blood well idea. if you
1: look at like what scientific thought was around that time you would think leaches. it all came, yeah like bloodletting and leeches and stuff i mean everything boiled yeah. down to what your blood was like at the time and so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i could they used to like bloodlet people until they were basically killed them because of the loss of blood and not because of what was happening also, but they me. got
0: addicted to that feeling they're like let me go i got a headache right now <laughs> sure,
1: sure sure but like so i could see you know that working at this in this that mindset. Does kind of Taylor
0: Swift have a song about that? Mad blood.
1: She does. <laughs> we can get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> <Bad blood. laughs> yes. I forgot about that detail right. though
0: about Gregor's blood becoming like, glutinous and black. So manicure yeah. venom is like a I, I, something with the like. I'm a, this is a, I know the word hemoglobin. It sounds sciency, but I guess the hemoglobin becomes thick. The cells like slow down.
1: But my question though is what? like. If Gregor is like reanimated, whatever that means, does that mean? I know we look at at like fire whites and others. We know that like blood doesn't really flow through their veins, mm-hmm. like. And so, mm. whatever Gregor's reanimation is, does he have? Does he need blood to throw flow through his veins in order to be able to function and like live, or is it something else? Yeah, yeah I don't
3: know. So has his blood been replaced, or or does he now need like a fresh supply? Like, Ooh. is there this? Like a vampire, like he's got to like you got to feed him, right, <laughs> or something. You know? <laughs>
0: Can you imagine? It's like having Come. a Tesla. I guess it's just like having a gas <laughs> car. in.
3: Just yeah. gotta charge just
0: it. Yeah, same thing. Either way, but we're the same way with food. I mean, we just have like this this like circulatory system that replenishes. it. So maybe they take the ability away by actually dying. So d- does anyone know? And uh, I'm not reading the chat, but maybe you guys could uh, talk amongst yourself about this if we. If anyone knows the answer, is there any kind of replenishing mechanism for both sides of the of what we've been talking about, whether it's fire and ice and the uh, sort of undead category, whether or not they're finding a new way? the stream I was on last week, we talked about whether or not the White Walkers might do some kind of zombie fashion of like uh, eating dead bodies or something. We basically Mm -hmm. said, no, that doesn't happen. But wouldn't that be neat? We don't technically know if they do or not. There's nothing like that from the lore, right? Board of light,
1: like something to replenish. Mm. I don't yeah. really understand what the question. is. Like, how do they asking.
0: keep going? Like, what's the what's the fuel behind their fire? Essentially,
3: mm. <laughs> their faith oh, in their god. So, gone. like, how do you keep them? <laughs> I don't know. The faith. Well, that's good. Um, maybe we could um, maybe we could get some insight from what George says. That's a good about source, I think, for this. Fire Whites. You want to move yeah. on to yeah, Fire Whites? Because we got a great quote of George, which actually it, it kind of answers these questions, maybe in terms of the Fire Whites, anyways. And um, this was back in 2017. So it's before season seven, um, but after season six, in which John was resurrected at the, at the beginning of season six of the show. And he was kind of talking about all of that john being resurrected. And so he says, poor Beric Dondarian, who is set up as foreshadowing of all this. Every time he's a little less Beric, his memories are fading. He's got all these scars, he's becoming more and more physically hideous because he's not a living human being anymore. His heart isn't beating, his blood isn't flowing in his veins. He's a white, but a white animated by fire instead of ice. Now we're getting back to the whole fire and ice thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot there, a lot to unpack in that, but specific to what we were talking about, he doesn't have blood. He's got fire. Right.
0: So his skin's not healing itself. Yeah. Yeah. So he's
3: just kind of, and I guess that's why, you know, you even even see the ice... Others zombies kind of disintegrating as they That's go. True. You know? right. Yeah. Their
0: their and, bones are always sticking out in strange ways, even in the description from the book. They, yeah, like, like the a, fresh a,
3: ones a, are, a are okay, but the yeah. ones that have been dead for So
0: if you've yeah. been dead for a while, you're probably walking against trees and stuff, and like bits of you are falling yeah. off probably from the actual Well cold. the way
1: the way Barrack has described at some point is you can still see like marks like all around his neck from when he was saying. Yeah. Hanged and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. you're still yeah, able yeah. to see that kind of thing. And so um mm. I think as he deteriorates, as he like loses his self and his like identity and his like internal vibe, right. then he also like is not able to regenerate, which brings up interesting conversations about somebody like Melisandre, who we see to be also a fire white, potentially maybe, um, which is a question I'm that we so can talk confused about. I'm by
0: that, by um, her being a fire white.
1: Yeah. So like there's speculation, you know, that Melisandre just in the way she's described as like a lot of the ways that she's described kind of lines up to some different ways. Like Beric is described, like she's like heat emanates from her and she doesn't like, people don't see her eating like with things like that we don't know about
0: a- or, or Thoros in this because Thoros being the, the red priest or whatever or is, Baric is giving off a lot of the same characteristics because he has been yeah. so close to it.
1: No, I think that Barry, so I think that, sorry, you go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that the, the connections you would think that it would be between Thoros and Melisandre initially just because it's like this very faith-fueled kind of thing. Sure. But when it comes down to descriptions and how they're described like as beings, um, Melisandre kind of lines up a little bit more with somebody like Beric in the way that she's described like as a person. Right. Um, and mm. so what that could potentially mean if she is a fire white, what that might mean. They're
0: both servants of the Lord in their own yeah. way too so I mean, she's she's being i guess propelled by the same sort of energy that's keeping him alive and presumed death right so they would have they would share a lot of the same characteristics
1: yeah but if she's like she's very beautiful so like if she is a fire how she's able to kind maybe bear's
0: a good looking person we don't know that
1: but we, we see his scar like we hear about his scarring and things like that right. and mm-hmm. i mean i you know we don't really hear that from melisandre sure.
0: so true sure. i don't
1: know
0: maybe he needs one of those necklaces yeah, whatever we one all of those things are. <laughs> As we all age. <laughs> so so they don't age, but also they don't heal. Is that what it is? Or they do age. They're not or like it's maybe it's rapid aging.
3: I would say they probably don't. They just stay but they don't do other things that humans I mean, we we age, but we also yeah. I mean we our cells regenerate. You know, it's like they're kind they're, of stuck
1: in time, like stuck mm-hmm. in where they were. Mm-hmm. This also brings up other questions I had about Catelyn.
3: Um, but yeah, it well, kinda- that, I was going to talk about her too. I was going to mention her too because she's you know three days dead and she's got this horrific, you know, her throat has been slit and she's got these gashes on her face and it's just horrifying. And and basically, from the sounds of it, everything is. Just exactly the way she was when she was pulled out of the water. Can you imagine? Right. Yeah. The, the blood is turned black and her skin is turned kind of like... Clammy. Pudding. This thing is described yeah. as pudding. It's yeah, just because it's been, it's been in the water. <laughs> it's like, bring back those and food descriptions
0: when you're talking about Catelyn's dead face, please.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can we... <laughs> Please find some more cheese and pudding and Right. I don't know.
0: You think it was weird cool. for her to figure out how to talk by holding the neck flaps closed?
3: <coughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you played uh Lady oh, Stoneheart on stage once I in did. a skit. What was that like? Can it you bring back one of the voices? No. It's almost Halloween.
1: It was very embarrassing for me personally because I was terrified. But
0: <laughs> You did a great Lady Stoneheart, <laughs> <similar>, I think. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Um I think that like uh, so if they're reanimated where they are in the state that they died in and if they're reanimated both like in physical form and potentially like mental state, okay. um, mm-hmm. I think that would say a lot about like Catelyn as Lady Stoneheart. I mean, if she's going to look like and that always
0: in that state of conflict, yeah, if that's afraid. if that's
1: her state of mind and if she's going to look like that um, always, then yeah. that's like a, such a terrifying thing. Um, and I don't know for sure if like the state of mind thing is real. Like, I don't know enough. And one of you guys might know about like Barrick's state of mind when he was reanimated for the first time, like how any of that maybe mm. continues on in his personality throughout the his time that we see him. But I guess it's yep. like that's a question about like Lady Stoneheart specifically that might help us answer mm-hmm. kind of the mechanics of being a firewipe.
0: More. What do you think about that, Lady Gwen, and whether or not if John is brought back with that same technology, let's call it, him being like a first pass through it, how much he'll be affected by it?
3: Well, I think, so Barrick, so here's the interesting thing to me, is that, um, is that th- that statement from George that I read, which basically, he flat out says that Barrick Dondarrion is foreshadowing of all this, by which he's talking about John. John's resurrection. Mm-hmm. So, if Thoros and Beric foreshadows the sort of Melisandre and John thing, does that mean that, you know, so is, is John going to be a fire white like Beric, who, granted, has now been resurrected six times? He's on his seventh life. Too many times. And... <laughs> And every time he says, um, I think I have a quote where he says, uh, um, he says, well, he says, uh, six times is, is too many to Thoros, Mm. but basically he's talking about how he's lost everything he was. Uh, he says to Thoros, can I dwell on what I scarce remember? I held the castle on the marches once there was a woman I was pledged to marry, but I could not find that castle today, nor tell you the color of that woman's hair. Who knighted me? What were my favorite foods? It all fades. Sometimes I think I was born on that on the bloody grass in that grove of ash with the taste of fire in my mouth and a hole in my chest. So that was his first death. Um. He asks the roast, are you my mother? <laughs> Which <laughs> um, <is funny. laughs> There's a kid's book. Called, are you yeah. My mother? Oh, yeah, I know that <laughs> one. one. Small bird. <laughs> little bird. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so he he loses a little bit of himself every time. So I think with John, if he's going to become a fire white, just the first time, he doesn't necessarily have to lose a lot of himself. But you know, he he could come back very changed. Mm-hmm. Is that sure. what you think
0: going to go down? That that's that that's. Um, what he's definitely going to come I, back as? Slash, do you even think he's going to come back, or is that that curtains for Jon Snow? Could you imagine?
3: <laughs> yeah, the show. They're like George
1: R. Martin pivots so he's like, hard you know on what? The show. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: not no.
3: about fire and ice anymore; it's just
1: about fire.
3: So this, um, this uh, all these statements about John and him being, you know, similar to Barrick and not having. Uh, and And the fact that Baric doesn't have blood flowing in his veins, that he's he's basically animated by fire uh, rather than by blood that <laughs> I find that very strange in terms of thinking about that in terms of John. And I mean, beyond when that revelation was made three years ago, that led to a lot of people discussing John's um, abilities shall we say <laughs> <Yeah>. his, <laughs> his manly abilities um but i mean just how does john snow the hero of the story go on like what changes for him when he no longer has blood flowing in his veins right. beyond his abilities
1: <laughs> right and like i think i mean we can harp on the show day and night but one thing that we really didn't get at all is that when John is resurrected, he's basically the same. Um, and mm. it doesn't seem to be like, we don't really get to see him changed in any way that we hear from Barrack as that um, comparison is made. And so um, mm-hmm. when we talk about like what things might he lose as part of himself, that would be detrimental to him as a character. You know, I think about him like losing different memories or losing like personality traits, or um, if we think, about Aria. Forget about That is like the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. I like forgot about Aria. Um, but him, like, so we going back to Lady Stoneheart, you know, if we're resurrected as a firelight mm-hmm. in a certain mental state, right. state of mind, what does mm-hmm. that mean for John? And what does that mean for his trajectory? Does that mean that he's mm-hmm. going to be, I mean, I can't imagine you would not, I can't imagine him not being totally pissed off that he died sure. that way. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so, I hope he is. Is mm. that something that is, are we going to see any of that in his personality? Um, yeah. When we see him come back.
3: Yeah. So like with both, both Baric and, and Kat come back kind of singularly focused on the thing that was going on in when they died, you know, Beric wants to, he's going to remain doing what he was doing, you know, with his band of, outlaws well they weren't outlaws the first time he died but they quickly became that way same energy though and then cat <laughs> you know obviously is bent on revenge yeah so john what was happening when when he was killed i mean he was he was about to go after uh after ramsey bolton um and he was you know killed when his the organization that he leads is, you know, revolting against him. So I right. mean, there's, I'd You're say those so two things are going to have to be. All of those like guys, be those his very focus?
0: specific guys that weren't, I guess, pulling their weight mm. in the right way that he saw fit. It's, it's such an important yeah. moment was happening with the entire realm and also letting out Freako mm-hmm. through the wall, decided that it was a good idea in the midst of all that to corner him against the wall and to stab him to death, is what he'll be coming back right. into. That, yep. That's really fucked up, especially when you think about what he thinks is going on with his sister in Winterfell.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So his... his
0: sister?
3: Similar to, you know, Catelyn, who's... I mean, she is bent on revenge, but she also remembers
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: that her daughters are still out there. And, you know, the the brotherhood under Lady Stoneheart is looking for... Sansa and Aria. So, you know, John could be very single mindedly, you know, determined to save his sister. Uh, Or, could you imagine? You know, could have something to do with the wildlings because they were involved too. I mean, there's, while John's getting stabbed, there's absolute chaos going on around him. Yeah. You've got the, the giant is rampaging. You know, and the the wildlings are sure to be joining in it, it, with that, and obviously the queen's men are there, and there's just going to be all these factions.
0: Got
1: Axel floor in the post of
3: John comes back in the
0: wake of John coming back. Or, if he does, he's like, I've been in support of you wholeheartedly the entire time. I've literally never ever doubted you. Neither has <laughs> Selys. Where is she?
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know. Where is she? <laughs> right, right. She's going to be like not leaving her quarters at that moment. Just like, I don't want to address this person after all this. It's going to be so weird. Do you really think? so? you yes. guys think that John is going to come back for sure?
1: I mean, you can't say that John's not coming
0: back. But I don't know how back. it's going to happen, though. I know we saw it in the show, but it's, mm-hmm. everything, is, everything is so wishy-washy in the show. It's just like Melisandre walks yeah. in the room. She cuts his hair. She walks. We Ghost get that
1: great shot of John coming back to life. Sure.
0: And Ghost looks up. Like he he feels something happening in the room. I guess it seems, but kind of like how mm-hmm. you were talking about uh, in Frankenstein, where they just kind of avoided giving you the answer how the technology really works. Yeah. The show did the same right. thing, where it's like there's no real answer here, and I'm still confused. We don't about really that. know what the answer is. Exactly, might be. I don't <laughs> I don't know how gonna... it's going to happen, so I can't really believe in it yet. And it's like if he mm-hmm. came back as ice, like because there's there's the whole there's the whole train of thought of putting him in one of the cells, and eventually he raises as some kind of a white that has like the same kind of spirit that cold hands has where he's able to be himself in some sort of way, or at least have a, a mm-hmm. modicum of humanity in some spectrum yeah. versus like a lifeless yep. zombie would, that would be more along the mm-hmm. line of John of the North rather than John being brought back in the same technology as a barrack or a Catlin mm-hmm. or Vic's hand or anyone else that's brought back by the lore. wouldn't that be a little bit more poetic to the story, but at the same time, there's so many whites and white walkers being brought back by the technology behind the white walkers that I feel like the handful of people we see brought back by Valor would be like somewhat within the ratio of like ice versus fire. But I don't know where John's going to fall in that. I also don't know how important that is to the story necessarily. Is it all the same mm. thing through a different lens? I think might be the answer at the end of this, at the end of the seven books. I just don't know.
1: Well, I would say for yeah. John specifically, something that we haven't talked about yet is ghost and kind of yes. ghost role with John yes. coming yeah, back. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that could potentially change things or play a major role in who he is as a person when he returns based off of how ghost is either used or not used like in that situation. So, I think,
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be a big factor. In like, I don't know exactly how that's going to factor in, but... I don't know. I hate to look to the show for clues, but at least Ghost was in the room, and that it gave me some kind of good feeling about it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's a vote in that direction. I don't know. What do you think, though? We haven't talked about this. Like, maybe you have to like give mm. your opinion on a full-fledged episode of Radio Westeros, like where you're like, "All right, it's time." <laughs> but I feel like I want to get a scoop, somewhat. Like, what do you think? How do you think it's going to happen in Jon? Like, I know you think he's going to come back, but how do you think it's going to happen? Is it going to be in the cells, or is it going to be through some kind of magic through Melisandre? something
3: else yeah i mean i think so i think he might be stored in the cells you know because that's where they're storing their bodies these days uh he's he's got a couple of corpses in there that he's waiting to see um he brings these dead wildlings through the wall and puts them in the ice cells yeah but they're they have iron chains on so they don't they don't rise you know he's he's brought them over to see if they're going to rise like, um, Arthur and Jafer did. And, um, and they don't, but the thing that I find interesting about that is that they have, they have iron, which is supposed to, if you go down to the crypts of Winterfell, all the Kings have iron swords in their laps and it's supposed to keep the dead from rising. So, um, I, I wonder if John gets put into an ice cell, Without without any iron, maybe he does rise, but I, I actually tend to think it'll be more Malisandra. I think he might be put there temporarily and, um, that she raises him, but I could definitely see a version where, where it's ice and maybe it just happens. And she's like, wow, what's just (laughs) happening? You are the guy.
0: I really need to like, look at the fire and get an idea about what's happening right now.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe so, she'll
0: do something and then it'll still be the ice and she'll think, oh, my God, look what I just did in some <laughs> strange way. <laughs>
3: I can do both. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what the show was trying to do. Like, Right. She's, she really wasn't doing much, right? Exactly. No, that's, I mean?
0: that's a really good explanation, I think, of that moment. It seemed like there was more to do with just the sort of God behind the TV show or the God mode that involved ghosts somehow. I don't know, because she didn't right. do anything. We saw everything she did. We had footage of all the screen time, presumably of her in that room. She didn't do anything.
1: Yeah. But you think about, well, I was going to answer a question that this isn't the answer to the question. So never mind. (laughs) (laughs) What I was going to say is we just did on our show, an episode Vic, one of Vic's chapters, when Macoro does all of his magic to his hand. Mm -hmm. um, And we get this like point of view change where like, instead of George R. R. Martin telling us, instead of as a point of view character, he tells us what's going on in the room. Mm -hmm. He like pulls out of the narrative and doesn't tell us what's going on. And so I feel Mm -hmm. like us not us seeing magic happen without necessarily understanding the mechanics of it is not something I'm like necessarily caught up in because there's just a lot that we don't understand. And so what Melisandre Mm -hmm. can and can't do, whether we like totally understand the mechanics to me, I don't know, but I think that like something interesting as we're thinking about like this Thoros barrack slash Melisandre John comparison, if Melisandre brings John back to life in whatever way that she does it, is that something that she's going to do multiple times? Like is John just going to be able to become this like forever living thing and like really put himself out there 24 seven because he knows that Melisandre's got his back. You know, or is this like a one time deal? Yep. Talk about like
3: like, ultimate version of Targaryen
0: after all that. What were you going to say?
3: Yeah. No, I, I like this idea, which I mean, I don't necessarily know that this they think this is the way it's going to happen, but I like this idea of Mel being like the, you know, his personal revivalist uh-huh. <laughs> just yeah, that follows so him cool. along. It's like, right. Oh, battle of the bastards. You died. Yeah. Oh, right. You're back. Exactly. You know? John can just like, but if you follow here. that through to the conclusion, what, like what Barrick did in the end is, is give up his life for someone. Right. Yep. So, you know, whether John gets brought back once or like Barracks six times, um, maybe the comparison is that in the end, he gives that gift of life to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know who could that be. I was speculating to myself the other day, maybe it could be, you know, one of his siblings, Sansa. Yeah. I don't know, you know. That would be beautiful. Maybe Sansa, because he has all these weird kind of connections with Sansa that people pick up on. Like what? And find the them somewhat odd. Well, do they just think about each other or she thinks about him? And there's some I don't know. There's just some you get some weird vibes occasionally. There's very slight, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's building to some something that's completely unexpected, like that.
1: I like that idea. I hadn't really actually thought about that. Like who he might give his life to at the end. Um, no, I'm just, I also, I love also, <laughs> what this is for.
3: <laughs>
1: um, I like, I like the, like, it's an interesting thought as well as like, as John continues to come, if, if we go this route of like, he Melisandre just like brings him back to life a hundred times, like as somebody who's potentially in like more than likely going to be in a position of power and he's already in a position of power how does him losing his ability to be himself, how does that like potentially change the way that he rules or is interacting with people mm. or making decisions and things like that. And and that might be something that it's like a realization that I can't keep being reckless and dying because I can't afford to not be John 100% of the mm-hmm. time. Right. Um, so I've got to like rein it in. So hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think that that, that comes like all of that is just going to come back when we understand who John is after he is resurrected and what kind of man he is and how different he is or not different. He is whether that's physically or mentally or, you know, whatever the else,
0: but whatever's going on with him has got to be exacerbated by the connection he has with his dire wolf. And I feel like from the evidence that we've gotten, if you could just take it out of context from the first chapter or like the first couple chapters of a of, uh, game of Thrones, you could think that maybe the direwolves wolves were happenstance, but as we've gotten, Evidence along the way, it seems like it's a lot more than that. You see that these star kids all have different levels of ability connected to some kind of, we call it, I guess, old magic. I, I feel like that's the only category we have for it right now because, like I said earlier, we don't really have the answer. We have a lot of evidence, but we don't have necessarily mm-hmm. answers specifically to what it's going to be. That we can't ignore yeah. whatever's going to happen to him being associ- associated somehow or being affected by what's going on with the Ghost, being so close by. Also being so important to him. So I'm curious as to how that will shake out. I feel like that, that might be easy to ignore, but I think it also might be like a really big, sort of obvious part of it mm-hmm. because it's been so present at this point so far in the story. Yeah. Especially you know? for
1: him specifically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and really all the star kids in their own way. Yeah. So for what's going on with Sansa and Lady, which I guess is poetic in its own way in a way that yeah. I really think about.
1: Right. Yeah, I would say that I would, well, I guess that's, I was gonna say I would argue that John's connection with ghosts is like the s- strongest and most prevalent But then you look at like Bran and Arya and that's not necessarily true, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I definitely think that that's like a piece that's going to change what what we already know, which is very yeah.
0: little. <laughs> Did Robin Gray was <laughs> so cool though, as a pair, I know they were taken out of the story in such an unfair way so early, but they were just such, such a cool pair. I, I yeah. Liked it. Oh, Robin Gray one.
3: Oh yeah. They were, they were more like, you know, it was more like John and ghost cause they were, they were had the luxury of being together all the time. I mean, yeah,
0: exactly. Brandon
3: yeah. summer k- kind of, but they've had this long journey where summer's off a lot or, or Brandon right. actively warging. Um, Summer, which is a different kind of relationship than what you see with John and Ghost and probably Rob and Greywind, where they're just more like companions and their right. working is probably more of of a fluid thing that just happens unconsciously. Like a dream like <laughs>
1: brand is just like being yeah. an active role yeah. in everything yeah. trying
0: human flesh <laughs> yeah. through Summer I can relate Being to that himself. though why not give it a shot Yeah, that's awesome let
3: me break every single taboo right yeah.
0: but he's so young he's like I don't even know these taboos yet
3: he yeah. doesn't know they're taboos but right. it's funny other. because in that book you get you get Varimir's chapter where he points out what all the taboos are right. and then throughout the course of yeah. Dance with Dragons Bran just breaks every Checks single one of them yeah <laughs>
0: Dude, what? that stuff oh, with do this was so cool. <laughs> so cool. And like how much he how much he covets what John has with Ghost and just Ghost in general being like a sire or king kingly, just like a top mm. of the line animal that he could use as a host for his consciousness. I mm. think it's it's so interesting. I, I love the sort of premeditation uh on George R. R. Martin's behalf to be like, You guys are gonna really think that this is cool, but to have done it so long ago, I feel neat. It's <laughs> like thank you for doing your job. I'm just Really excited at that point, on that fact alone, thinking about what sort of stuff that he's anticipated for us to sink our teeth into for the Winds of Winter and beyond at this point, because we're in a whole different era of the world right now, because that was the stuff he thought was cool back then. I say back then, I mean, all yep. the years ago when he was publishing those books then. So think of all the new stuff that we have to factor into our sort of global consciousness that he's like, let me try this out. And I think that he will, especially now with all this time, it's not like he rushed to get the Winds of Winter out during the series because it was huge. You know, he's still, he's still so right now. can could be like, Hmm, I have a new idea and put that in right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. that's cool.
1: Then he has to rewrite yeah. everything. And then we're back, yeah.
0: to-, <laughs> <laughs> back to square <laughs> one. You're like yeah. next Halloween, we're having the same conversations.
1: Um, here's my question though, as we're like talking about fire whites and John coming back to life and all this kind of stuff. I mean, we haven't even really touched on the whole other side of the spectrum, potentially like the you others. Know, yeah. Whites. Oh yeah. In general. <laughs> And kind of, um, if there are opposites to each other, like how, like if there's any similarities that we know between these two types of magic and these two types of beings, um, and kind of how they maybe compare or how they're so wildly different from each other. Um, and then mm-hmm. how we might see the others, you know, showing up and flexing their own different kinds of power. Um, mm
3: mm-hmm basically if there's a fire equivalent to the others, I don't know, but that's. Yeah. I, I wonder like, is it, is Malisandra the, I don't know. Is she the fire equivalent to the others? I mean, the sort of like the embodiment of, I, I guess the others, I would say, because they're, they're not really uh, undead themselves. They're, they're more like the embodiment of ice magic. Other well, right. ice made flesh, right? So is Melisandre fire made flesh? That's and that, what I'm afraid that's of. slightly different than being a fire white, maybe. I don't
0: really get it. I feel like we're using sort of uh, like first level terrestrial terms to describe like early uh, medicine, you know, to describe yeah. something that we don't really understand. When it comes down to there being some kind of governing force within the world that might all be one thing or it might be something that has uh, opposites to each other i'm not sure but like we're calling it know. ice magic or we're calling it fire magic but in some way like they're able to access or harness or uh, some kind of lensing effect to focus the energy that i don't know what it mm-hmm. has to do specifically with the resurrection um but as we talk about it and, and i and i hear us talking about what information we have available to us at this point. It seems like that's what, it's, that's what it sounds like to me, that we're describing something at the early stages of understanding because of the information that we have. And it seems yes. familiar to me of things that, from our real world, that we now have more information on that we're able to sort of fill in the mm-hmm. gaps on. Like We know to wash our hands because it carries pathogens that might infect open wounds. You know, but like I feel like we're talking yeah. about the sort of technology within Westeros of the magic in a way that is yeah. before that point of understanding. Sort of micro, mm-hmm. like things that we can't see, germs, things that we can't see, and like that. Right. These life forms are able to access that technology. But I don't know if they're different. They they might be. Them. They might be. Like it, to me, it seems like Melisandre's ability to use the shadow baby so early in the series indicates that it's not just a practical understanding if we were talking about with kybern but that there actually is some aspect of all of this that requires some kind of spell work in a way.
1: Well, we know we know for sure that the others can like they are capable of resurrecting. Like we I feel like we've got like a more the most I'm losing my train of thought. But like the like the most prevalent example is we have <laughs> So.
0: <laughs> yes, he did it, yes. I texted <laughs> Yes. Okay. Talking about very important things, ghost sir. <laughs> I
1: am like, why am I losing my
3: dream I
1: thought. <laughs> I love the guest appearance.
0: <laughs> that was awesome. Sorry, what were we talking about?
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Oh, um, this is being
0: the like, same thing or not.
1: What I was trying to, what I was trying to say, I'm actually grateful that that I get a little bit of a redo. Um, so thank you for that. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is that the whites, the others creating whites is like the most straightforward, um, example we have of resurrection of the dead. Yeah. In a song of ice and fire. And, you know, we don't necessarily understand like what that relationship is, but we know for a fact that is something that's happening for sure.
0: It's like how Mm -hmm. if Vermeer or if Bran, let's say like powerful wargs, are able to put their consciousness into a host life form. What if there's a collective consciousness that is behind whatever the White Walkers are doing? And it's essentially Mm. the way that the show sort of used it was putting it inside of a character, the Night King, where you kill him, you kill everyone. What if it's a global consciousness? Or let's say it is the the Night King where essentially Mm -hmm. they're able to Actually, war into willing hosts or unwilling hosts because they're dead and they're able to animate mm-hmm. all of these things simultaneously yeah. the same way that a war like brand would do.
3: Yeah, just like I don't know, like splinters of their consciousness go right out. Ow.
0: What if your arm uh, figures this out?
3: Well. I mean, there's a, there's a lot
1: of things that I don't want your aunt to figure.
0: No out. shit, dude. No. That that right there is what it's all about. There's a lot of things at this point in the story. Could you imagine how mad we would become? All of us collectively, as a just a world, reading these stories. If you're on Greyjoy, becomes someone that's like, you know what, kicks down the door and starts understanding how to use that form of magic when no one else does.
1: Well, like, right? Exactly.
0: Your face is right.
1: (laughs) Having somebody control this like collective masses, and it's like you. I mean, you reference the Night King, and again, the way the show does it, and like the way that that ends. I mean, it's a very terrifying thing that's very prevalent in the storyline of you've got these zombie single-minded things that we don't really know how to kill i mean we do but like we don't really have the ability to actually do it in a large scale um and so i like the idea i think i don't know like you're on like the guy i don't know but um, you like that idea no i i'm changing my mind I, but i don't know what i'm trying it is to say i'm like getting confused but um a little
0: like, a little like on the on the fence of like Ugh, it sucks, but it could be cool. But the, uh,
1: this idea of like a collective, I mean, that's a very terrifying thing. And watching that play out, that's like a real, genuine threat with this like these mm-hmm. single minded collective things that are just like out to get you. I mean, that's the most like black and on white thing. Either you're on using that, or them, or like the others are able to control the whites in some mm. way and being able to use them on like a less collective way.
3: When, I mean, we know that they can keep their, you know, so let's, you know, th- their whites, their undead servants, you know, they can kind of keep them in, in stasis, I guess. Cause you had, well, you had Othar and jafer at first right. who were, you know, appeared dead then they came through the wall, and then they woke up. I mean, something made them wake up, but we didn't really understand that. And then um, then um you see when Bran is going to the cave, uh, they're all hiding under the snow, uh-huh. and they all just kind of burst out. But it's right. not You're really ne- clear yeah. that they were like- You're onto
0: something right now, though. You're they, talking about they, like the- places in which that they were around, like the wall being a bar from that, like people that die south of the wall don't resurrect as white walkers right. or as whites and people so, inside of the cave don't either. So like, why are they right outside mm-hmm. the cave and why are they right, but outside, right outside, the outside? Presumably If the trees weren't cleared away. Wouldn't they be right mm-hmm. there? Or if the, the night's watch weren't there ranging and patrolling, wouldn't they be right there but, outside the wall?
3: So what's in but what's controlling them, you know, as they're, as they're lying under the snow, I guess it's not entirely clear that they're, you know, just lying there, kind of like, you know, waiting, at, or that th- that they're not controlling themselves. But right. then you hear about these dead things in the water at Hardhome. Uh-huh. And what's up with that? I mean, are they just like?
0: Think about the water outside of the Mines of Moria. Probably the same energy.
3: Yes, but, but through the technology. Oh, the of, dead of marshes also yeah, exactly. in, in Tolkien. Exactly. With the, with the faces, then they're just like dead guys looking right. up at you, you know? They're
0: kind of like sentinels. They're just they're just a defense mechanism for some what. Yeah. And I'm trying to understand so what, what that them? thing is. is it, exactly. But what's behind that thing that activates it? Or who set the trap yeah. for that thing to activate it? Yeah. In the case of Lord of the Rings, the Watcher is a life form that's left over from a period that's a warring time, much more ancient in the current Third Age. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we can throw that one probably out for now. Let's say maybe that is a leftover thing. And, and kind guess, of
3: like yeah, I wondered, you know, are they from? Are they something left over from from the doom, or are they, uh, you know? Do you think the doom could have reached are, that far? Well, do we have any know, like know.
0: geological indicators of like ash or like sediment or things?
3: There guess, was a big explosion up there at some point. I don't know if it's related to the doom, and I'm really. Reveal, yeah, that there something uh, has something happened at Hard Home in the past, some yeah. kind of whether enjoying. that was like a magical
1: but, or like
3: a yeah, we don't know if it was a vibe. geological thing, if it was a magical thing. Was connect, Have these bodies yeah. been there all this time, right? You know, or are Can they just read? sort of like planted there by the others, r- Most right. recently,
0: it's probably more likely the the latter or, or the or sorry, the, the whatever the prior previous point the first point the former yeah
3: the first one they've been there for just just kind of like floating in the water and we're here
0: like looking for significance trying to tie it to whatever the white walkers are doing and they don't even have a leader in the books at this point there's no like fantastical night king with a cool sword (laughs) killing people
1: can i read the hard home thing i want to read cotter pike's message because i think that that kind of yes do it so his letter from hard home um, this is what it says. It says, at hard home with six ships, wild seas, blackbird lost with all hands, two Lysenia ships driven around and Talon taking water. Very bad here. Wildlings eating their own dead, dead things in the woods. Revosi captains will only take women, children on their ships. Which women call us slavers? Attempted to take Stormcrow, defeated. Six crew dead, many wildlings, eight ravens left dead things in the water. Mm-hmm. Sent help by land, seas wracked by storms, from Talon, the hand of Meser, Armin, whatever. Um, I mean, so we get like this, that's the description that we have of what's happening there that's right so now. Joy. And the dead things in the woods, dead things in the waters, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. Have they been yeah. there and wait, or um, are they being sent there? You know, I think both are. Yeah.
3: Or are they being created fresh by something that's there you know right. are these just dead wildlings that are you know he says the wildlings are eating their dead oh
0: better than well, them turning back into whites though that we they have to fight
3: i guess i mean that's so you know at like, that you point burn you start them, to I guess break them. it up
0: <laughs> if you so let's say fire is considered some sort of alchemical process where the magic is canceled out is there some kind of magical process in eating as well? It seems like just if we go back to the Kyber and more practical aspect of all this, just breaking down the mm. flesh apart from the nervous system allows you to separate it from whatever reanimation technology there is. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> like <laughs> if you take the flesh away from the nerves, then it can't come back yeah, to you and fight you and kill so. you. So if you yeah. eat it or burn <laughs> right. it.
3: 100%. So if you eat it, uh, that's
1: like the most safest way to right, assume. unless, unless like, you know, however the digestive system does or doesn't break that down. Like, are you reanimated? Like from the
3: inside?
0: Oh man. You know, I don't know. Is that it like a virus? Yeah.
3: Is it like a virus? Which yeah. isn't that. Which zombie? There's a zo- <laughs> recent zombie movie or a story that it was a virus, right? I
0: do the
3: One that we're living through.
0: No, th- is there something where you eat something? It turns into something. That might no, be something. I, don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. No, no, no. What was I watching? It was a bad old movie that they remade. Uh, what's his name? The guy from Inglorious Bastards*. Anyway,
1: I don't know. Someone knows what's um, listening.
0: You know who played the uh, the bear Jew with the bat? He he does horror movies. He remade a yes. horror movie twice. He did the same one twice, and I watched the. He did the same movie like. 10 or 12 years apart of the same movie. I know. (laughs) And I watched it and they, uh, the woods, something like that. It had like an infectious disease. It was in the water though. Either way, it was a bloodborne illness. I don't know how that, how that connects to this. See, there's weird stuff going on, but I really think these conversations are important because we don't have books. we don't have new books to connect Mm -hmm. all the dots. So understanding the sort of God mode behind what the author is doing might help us get to some point of understanding Mm it better. And it seems more likely that it's all connected in one more, one source rather than a bunch of different disconnected sources. So can I just take a moment to zoom out from where we are at the north of Westeros? If Makoro is able to do this in Slaver's Bay, then it's not necessarily geographically like there's no source of power that's being, that's emanating. That was not you that sneezed. (laughs) Bless you. If, if it's not, uh, if we don't have to be close to the wall to deal with this issue or to mess with Mm. the same power that is, that might be the kind of thing that is behind what brings back Jon Snow, then how important is it to there being some kind of magical source rating from the, sort of flesh of the earth and more, more so in the understanding of the people behind what they can do themselves as living beings.
1: I'm going to build off your question a little bit because we're about time where we need to wrap. But I think that
0: we, we, we have to go for three hours on this guys. Really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> as we're talking about, there's
0: a lot left to talk about. As
1: we're talking about um, like significance of where this power is coming from, whether that's like based in locale or like learned magic, you know, all these different things you've been talking about um what does that mean for the series? Like how important are these things, these undead things, going to be when we talk endgame? I know obviously John is somebody that is probably like mm. the most important as we talk about people coming back to life. But like how important is A like understanding the mechanics of these different magics? Or the
0: dragons.
1: Or B, um <laughs> understanding the mechanics of this and <laughs> or B, um, I don't remember the third thing. But how much? do we good, need... though. I just got distracted by My bad. it. Um, <laughs> how much? By... <laughs> yeah. How much do I? <laughs> Whatever. You guys know what I'm trying to say. I
0: know
1: what you're trying <laughs> to say. I'm trying to do a cool wrap-up question. It was a cool one. I liked
0: it. <laughs>
3: so, uh, all right. I care? have one. Yeah. What up, Tara? Just Tara. Oh, I can't hear you. You're muted.
2: I'm just popping in for the end of this.
3: <laughs> that's, that's what, do you, okay. what do you think so about this? So one final we question maybe? Do we, yeah. do we have any any predictions for future zombies? Like people that... You know? Are we going to see somebody that we know and love become an undead? Aside from the people we already know <laughs> and love
1: that are undead.
3: Besides yeah. the people we already know and love who are undead people. Okay, the obvious. But anyone else? Like maybe dragons?
1: Aren't, aren't they maybe? that
0: though Dragons? from the petrified eggs, right? Aren't isn't the sort of same thing happening mm. with them after what happened in the tent with Mary? Maybe, maybe they're like they're a, a shadow sort of, of what yeah. they would be. Like maybe Being that's part of the reason why that's what their personalities are. They're so tameable to a Targaryen that's been disconnected from her. Uh, from I mean, her I family, guess if like a, the rest of them were. If
3: if the show was right and we got an ice dragon, I guess that would. Satisfy. What I was wondering is if we hmm. would see any people become these kind of ice whites, like, you know, reanimated by the others in, in a most horrific way. Cause you know, I, mean, I guess a dragon would do it for me, but I mean, if it was a character that you loved and they just got turned into one of these shambling ice zombies, you'd be. Especially. Wait, I
1: have two things to think about that. One, another show is, like, um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> another show was would be like you know when Arya in the crypts when like people being reanimated down there. Yeah, like that's kind of cool. Mm. The, like ice. they
0: take the iron away from them because they need yeah. to use it to fight, and all of a sudden they all come back. Exactly. I love and all what you said about the start. alloy though, like iron versus obsidian and how it affects them being resurrected or not. That's beautiful. Mm. There's probably something mm. to do with the molecular structure of all that, George mm-hmm. is like factoring into yeah. All that.
1: Yeah,
0: and maybe so somebody
1: neat. we love, like maybe somebody we know, being animated in the ice way like would help us better understand kind of the mechanics of that and, yes like, see it more mm-hmm. similarities between like fire whites and white. all that kind of stuff but i don't know hmm.
2: well. I definitely I, I feel like we're definitely gonna see like our the characters are going to see some of their friends turned into whites and we're going to read like them them seeing like I, 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 that's one thing that I think is probably likely to happen.
3: Um, yeah, I think yeah. you're right because I think it wouldn't have it won't have the same impact if it's just like so far the people that have been whited that you've seen that you recognize were all kind of like bad guys like Chet and a bunch of the people that were so it's like very black meeting, and white evil. You know? yeah. It's not this gray
1: evil. Yeah, you see yeah.
3: no one that you really cared about that you saw yeah. um, the closest you got and you didn't really see him was Torman's son you know, he talks about having right. to kill his son. But I think that that's a good point to that we'll see more of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to I hate to bring Walking Dead into this because it's gone to such shit. But um, you know, that's that's one <laughs> thing about the Walking Dead. It's like you don't really care about the walkers, obviously, when they're just like rando walkers, but like mm-hmm. every once in a while you see um, especially the ones where you haven't seen this character for a while and then you see them as a walker and it's like, oh, wow, that's actually like, that's a little hit. That's, a little that's hit like right Bill Nari yeah. in Zombieland.
0: Yeah. You're like, wait a second. I know that's a zombie. That's fucking Bill Murray. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be <laughs> happening in the story, both meta and physically. Like we'll have people that are being blended in ways where it's like, I don't know who to support, but at the same time, we're also going to have there'd be strange resurrections and mixing of people being varying levels of dead and undead at the same time. That's perfect way to weave that in for us. Mm -hmm. That's that's
2: great. Um, All right. I'm going to let this one last question come in just because I like it. Um, Lonely cat wants to know, will anything happen with the 79 sentinels? And then once you guys have answered that, we'll sign off for the evening.
3: Well, you know, there they are frozen bodies in the wall. If the wall falls or they somehow get, you know, like any of those bodies in the ice cells that John has, I guess they could certainly be, you know, they weren't burned properly. (laughs) So they're they, I mean,
0: or eaten,
3: or eaten, as we (laughs) were saying, nobody, nobody did either of the two approved methods of
2: of (laughs) their bodies. The only two that we know about so far. Speaking of, e- of eating people, you know, harken back to last week's uh, cannibalism exactly. webcast, you know, so if you guys, if anybody watching exactly. this hasn't watched that one, it is on our YouTube channel. Please check. They all
3: sort of, you know, cross over each other.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, th- yeah, the, these next few weeks. So maybe, maybe not next week so much with the curse of Harrenhal, but Oh, shoot. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <new>.
2: <laughs> Spoiler. Um, all more right.
0: There's more eating people. <laughs>
2: Uh, so so yeah any any last thoughts from you guys before i wrap this up
1: what we said at Mm -hmm. the beginning which is like there's more questions than answers to any of this kind of stuff and so i feel like we just asked seven million questions but
0: thank you for doing this because we all (laughs) we all missed the con and this is something at least and i really appreciate
2: i know i i feel really bad like It being Halloween weekend, you know, I knew people were going to be with their families and stuff like that. So I didn't want to do a full weekend of programming. I mean, honestly, I also couldn't really um do a full weekend of programming like we did back in April um, but y'all let's just keep our like fingers and toes and everything else crossed for April mm-hmm. and um, you know stay safe and everything and 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 yeah like we we had fun last week uh, this was I, I've I was, obviously I've listened to been been taking part in the chat for most of this has been really great thank you guys so much again for joining um and I I kind of you know sl- slipped up I didn't really slip up I mentioned that we are doing one next Friday as well which we haven't if you were a Patreon, you actually would have known about these weeks ago, just saying, uh, or a patron, sorry. Um, so you can check us out on patreon.com backslash I fire uh, But yeah, uh, so next week's is again a Friday. Uh, this will be November 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to be talking about the curse of Heron Hall. So keeping up the sort of creepy vibe that we had mm-hmm. last week and this week. And, um, and then we'll, you know, we'll take a break and, and uh, you know, d- depending on what goes on the r- the rest of this year, beginning of next year, I don't necessarily foresee us doing a bunch of virtual content like this, but we might do you know one or two things here or there because we've really enjoyed um, just kind of keeping uh, keeping the fam like involved and stuff like that. So again, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, Lady Gwen and Hannah and Zach for helping out and joining mm-hmm. us tonight. Um, it was really great, really fun to listen Thanks for to it. and, and Thanks for having us. take. Yeah. yeah, of course, Thank of you. course. So Thank you guys have a wonderful night, everybody. Have a happy Halloween. Lovely. Um, <laughs> don't eat any people and uh you know <laughs> stay alive and stuff. So okay. watch your hands, wear a mask, Bye. social <laughs> distance. I love you guys. That's right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys. That was
1: fun.
0: That was so much fun. I'm glad we got to have that combo.